There's a place. Out where the fake news is muffled. Past the point where politicians get silent. Where facts don't care about your feelings. Where PC is DOA. This is that place. Welcome to the last stop on the right. As Roger Maris told Bork from Bork. <laughs> when... Some of these are hard to get through. <laughs> when the good ship Lollipop first docked with the International Space Station. <laughs> the last pod be the best pod, yo. You know, I knew that Mork, Mork and Roger Maris, I knew they had a connection, you know, because Mork went back in time on Happy Days. So he was back like in that era. Oh, well, know, did so he take, I, uh, evidently I, he took the ISS and the good ship Lollipop with him. To get there. That's which exactly is cool. right. I, uh... Do not want to. I was about to say something about Mork and Mitty, but I don't think I want to get dragged, bogged down in that here. Because <laughs> then we will never get to the reason we're here, which is the last pod on the right from laststoponthewright.com. And of course, America's Podcast Network, KLRN Radio. Dot net. Uh, they've got some cool stuff going on over there and continue to allow us to be a part of it. So we appreciate I, that. I'm amazed. I am Ben Crystal. I am Mike Abel. And oh, the hour of podcast fabulosity that we have in store for you today, my friends. You're welcome to take, uh, take part in it, should you choose. And uh, you can do that through our website, of course, at laststoponthewright.com. Don't forget to check out klrnradio.net for real, though, because they've got all kinds of cool stuff going on there and <laughs> chat rooms. Uh, we have a Facebook group. The Last Stop on the Right Facebook group is available for your perusal or brief visitation. Most people don't realize perusal, brief visitation. Almost antonyms. Perusal means to read carefully. <laughs> now you know. And of course, the Twitter feed is at last stop OTR, at last stop OTR. Mike, I don't know about you, but I really feel like I have been able to put my life in better perspective now that I realize just how non essential I am. <laughs> See, I haven't, except to walk the dogs, dude, I haven't been out of the house in forever. It's, I know. It's like I get it. There's nothing going on. Out I'm there. I'm so non-essential that I'm surprised they even let me leave like the bathroom. Like, you is, know, you just get in the shower and stay in there until it's over. You idiot! Is it, basically I, what I'm expecting some authority to say to me at some I, point. I mean, it, it is. It was kind of somewhat spooky because, like, I did have to. You have, well, you I are had to come here. Yeah. So I'm actually in violation, but whatever. I know. I know. Um, but it's crazy, uh, dude. but you know, downtown, not not a lot of people. I can't. Not a lot of folks around. Well, you sort of wonder what they would be doing were they down there. You know, I mean, it's like uh, uh, um, shopping, eating. Yeah, but you can't right now. Right. Right. Now, no, I don't no, know no. whether or not you. You know, like if it's something that uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how to put it in perspective because it's not like something that we've experienced before for many of us. I mean, right. people that are older than us that remember. I, you know, I mean, obviously there's nobody alive that remembers the Spanish flu. Right. But uh, I know there were moments with polio and stuff like that, that right, uh, that right. people that are like our parents' age can remember me in times. It's like, hey, you're not going to school and you stay the hell away from the other kids. That kind of thing. Mumps. Yeah. Well, see, now I had mumps when I was a kid. That explains a lot. I figured you were going to go there with that. <laughs> and I went, I said, I teed it up for you anyway. I was like, he's going to kill it. Uh, <laughs> we didn't, you know, I mean, you got all the regular childhood diseases. Like, we all got chicken pox at the same time, all that stuff. Well, because one of us would, somebody in the neighborhood got it. And then moms and dads were like, well, <laughs> you guys go. should play together well, more. Yeah, let's all go jump in the bathtub I together. I know, and, and you just got it out of the way. Nobody else <laughs> I knew got mumps. 
Right. I contracted mumps. I, I looked like a bullfrog for three days. It was unbelievable. So I never had mumps. But uh, I, I didn't then all the I, other stuff, you know, in case there's anybody out there, then I know some of you are pretty hardcore into this. But seriously, vaccinate your kids. No doubt. Because the mumps was awful. And, you know, you're sitting there going, well, yes, but then the blah, 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 natural immunity. I'm like, if I could have avoided it with a vaccination, trust me, that was a crappy couple of weeks. No doubt. And your kid's not, you're like doing it for the kid. It's one thing when they all get chicken pox. But if you're like not vaccinating them against like rubella or something and your kid gets the measles, they could freaking die. I know. I'm like, come on. I, I know. I know. Uh, you know, and even if it works for you because they're <laughs> suffering, but they'll build up their natural immunities, the kid for the is for that period of time they're going through it is just beyond miserable. The, I'll bet you they'll remember it. Right. Be like, well, I, I had measles. I'm one thing I'll say about the anti-vax movement. I don't want to get bogged down in that too much either. Right. One thing I'll say about it: it has a lifespan, and it's approaching it. Well, because all the children of these people are going to vaccinate their kids for all the children. I bet you like most of them are germaphobes. Right. Like if you grew up in an anti-vaxxer household and you see all the crap that you went through and your other anti-vax children prisoners or whatever went through, you're going to like put your kids in like a vial of Purell every night. Oh, yeah. You'd be total germaphobe. I, you know, and Ben's mom. Mm. Earmuffs. <laughs> three. I, you had me drinking my coffee there, Mom. I don't know what he's about to say. Earmuffs. But, but as our listener, I want to keep you. So you're going to walk away from the from the computer for a I, minute, Mom. I bet the anti-vaxxers are scared shitless at the moment. I, you would think, I mean, though, and that's you know I bring, they not, should be. That's a nice segue, by the way. But uh, um, one would presume that the goal with COVID nineteen is develop a vaccine. Right. I mean, the reality is you're not going to, you're probably not going to cure it. No. You listen to whether it's Dr. Burks or Dr. Fauci or, or anybody else that actually knows what they're talking about, which means Sean Penn. Essentially, oh, oh, yeah, wait. I know. <laughs> I was like, wait. and Sean Penn and Julia Roberts and uh, former White House press secretary Joe Lockhart, another expert we've been hearing from this week. Of course, Joe Biden. You know, of course, Tom Hanks. Yeah, of course, he has firsthand knowledge of yes, what, he, it, what it's like. You'll notice, by the way, that he's not dead. No, yeah, you're right. He's. Not I would dead. point out to you really quickly he that is recovered. Th- this remains a lesser threat to you and yours than the regular flu, right? This year and every year, and point out as we talk about curing it or vaccinating against it, or whatever, he's really <laughs> there's still not a cure for regular flu in a lot of cases. No. Uh, they never did that with the Spanish flu. Humanity survived it. We will certainly survive this, and this is nothing compared to the the Spanish oh, flu. No, no. As, and again, if you look at the numbers, if you and I, I don't, I'm not trying to downplay the significance of it. We've got this new thing going on where you say, well, actually, if you look at it compared to regular flu, it is not only not as bad, it's not even as bad this year. Regular flu is still way out ahead in the right. make people suffer and die department. Right. Uh, there isn't likely to be a vaccine. At some point, they may develop like the flu shot, a somewhat effective yeah, they hope vaccine that, that may keep you from getting the flu, may give you the flu. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I just don't get your hopes up in that regard. But if you want to talk about the medical science, one thing I've noticed that the Democrat media complex has taken the coronavirus and done. And they do this with everything. And they even say it. You know, it's the never let a good crisis go to waste. I mean, that is literally a pillar of the Democrat Party. But they're out there and they're saying, and I know we got to get to the lineup. And I just, but this is important stuff. No, no, no. Um, 
none of the people that you're hearing from have any medical expertise. Right. And it's it's at the same time, they are trying to scare the crap out of you at every turn while simultaneously, of course, somehow blaming Trump for it. Right. Which isn't working. And we'll get to that a little bit later on the program. Uh, but at the same time, they're downplaying it. It's like, how am I expected to take your. And I think this is one of the reasons you're seeing the polling numbers in general work against the Democrat media complex efforts. Because you have CNN saying to us things that only the Chinese communists behind this are saying. You have the Democrat Party repeating, in some cases, almost verbatim, Chicom talking points in an effort to terrify you, in an effort to make you hate the president. But then at the same time, when you ask them to specify what they're talking about, you are presented with experts who cannot possibly take and be taken seriously. Right. CNN's going to say to you, this is for real. You're all going to die. It's Trump's fault. Don't blame the Chinese. And here's Sean Penn to explain it to you. Right. And I'm like, oh, come on. How can you possibly expect me to take that seriously? One of the reasons that there are people, and I will say this, there are people out there who are not taking it as seriously as they should be. You know, the guys that are like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I do every day. I don't give a crap. Right, right. It's like, you know, don't be that guy. Right. You may be right. The spring breakers. You're probably closer to right than anybody at CNN. You're probably closer to right than anybody in the Democrat Party. But don't be that guy because you just you're being a jerk. Right. But let's let's just take a quick look at the lineup. We got a lot. Obviously, most of the program today here at Last Pod on the Right is going to be about coronavirus and it's radiating waves of influence. But we do have some other things we're going to talk about. So, Mikey, what is stinking up the joint? Let's peek in the dumpster and find out. Well, of course, like you said, uh, yes. life behind SARS. <laughs> <laughs> the COVID-19 lockdown continues. Life behind SARS. Well, like you know, that. SARS, like now that. this. That's good <laughs> like stuff that. right there. I like that. <laughs> uh, the Chicom way, how the uh, Democrat media complex turned full fascist. They really have. They really have. They're even calling for uh, a bar. They don't want the media. The Democrats are trying to get the media. The media is trying to get itself, which is bizarre, <laughs> to stop carrying Trump's press conferences on the coronavirus. Right, right. I'm like, uh, you know who else does things like that when they sh- shout down the opposition? Right. Chinese communists. The difference, of course, being that, hey, Democrats, increasingly this is true. You're the opposition. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're the minority party now. No, wait, what? All right. I didn't put that out. And then, uh, of course, oh, no, poor Joe. Oh, no, poor Joe. Is Biden's 2020 a lost cause? (laughs) Oh, no, poor Joe. He has no chance. Uh Remember that the nursery rhyme thing? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, no, poor Joe. He has no. And then they'd show you the picture and he'd have no ears. And the kids are supposed to go ears. (laughs) In this case, it's like, oh, no, poor Joe. Show a picture of him next to the White House and all the kids go chance <laughs> i think they've given or, up on him or hands it would probably be better if he didn't <laughs> or, have hands or a but. nose knowing joe <laughs> i no. seriously have you been watching the uh uh the shadow briefings that he's been doing like from his house oh yeah 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 and i'm like did you you've got a lot of money i mean <laughs> let's be honest the Democrat Party has at its disposal free consultations from literally everybody almost everybody in the media right All of those people, I mean, you know, the MSNBC people, the CNN people have professional video experience. They may be left wing buffoons faking being journalists, but they know how. Well, you know, it's possible they don't. It occurs to me that every one of these people might be like William Hurt from Broadcast News (laughs) and literally incapable of doing anything but reading the teleprompter. (laughs) 
Uh, it's like it's like a whole generation of Ron Burgundy's. <laughs> By and large, though, you would expect at least one or two of them would know how to set up a video so it looks professional right. instead of this like third grade school play thing he's been doing. Right. And then he comes out and he's just. I would have told them that. Well, huh, were I a Democrat, I would have told them before you roll Joe out to act like an authority. <laughs> On this or really anything, let's just do a test run and see how my man looks on camera. <laughs> and let's do a test run and see if the backdrop that Joe wants, the den or whatever, doesn't look weirdly uh, off kilter and messy on camera. They did none of that. <laughs> they didn't prep Joe. <laughs> Joe, at one point, uh, I think it was Tuesday, <laughs> I even, at one point was literally... Uh, uh, he was going directly opposite what his own party talking points were at that moment because he hadn't been updated or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with, with Biden at this point, you put him out there and you think you're it's I wonder what the London book Vegas. They won't take this bet. I wonder what the London bookies, because, you know, in London, they will take any bet if you're willing to take, you know, if you're willing to take crappy numbers and put up a bunch of money in front. Right. They'll take any damn bet. I wonder what the London bookies are offering every time one of these things starts mm -hmm. like will Joe make it through without, I don't know, like an eye exploding or him losing his place falling asleep or begin talking about random things that happened 15 years ago or 30 years ago or hey, whatever. Hey, look, man, running for the Senate's hard. Okay. I, we, I mean, it's, it's not like he's had a complicated political career. No. Okay. Being a Democrat Senator from Delaware, isn't that difficult. Right. There's not that many people in Delaware, so you've <laughs> already got better odds than you would in most places. <laughs> Just by being born in Delaware, you've got a better shot at almost any political office than most people in most states do. Because there's not that many people around. Right. Delaware is not, by the way, at all the least populated state. I'm not saying that. I believe that's Wyoming. But, Wyoming, uh, yeah. Um, Delaware is squeezing more people than Wyoming into like a, it would be like a little tiny corner of Wyoming. Right. But that having been said, Biden doesn't even know where he is on most days. Dude has come out of a Del a cushy seat in Delaware. He is, he has made himself a pile of damn money. His kid has made himself even more money. Thanks to Joe. We all, <laughs> we all know what that's about. Uh, and then you get him out there and it's like. I don't think I think it's possible that Joe has faced so few legitimate challenges. I mean, I know he ran in 88 and that didn't go well. And, you know, but by and large, everything's been handed to Joe. Right. So it's possible that it's not that he's losing his cookies. You could, say, you could look at it and say it's just because he's not used to this kind of a pit fight, especially against a monster opponent like Trump. Right. I mean, kids, if this was pro wrestling, Trump would be in the Democrat parlance. Trump would be what's called in professional wrestling a monster heel. Okay. That is the big, bad, unstoppable villain. Right. right. Okay. The Democrats, I'm sure, see him that way. If you're going to face that dude, you do not grab uh, the ringside announcer and put him up there. But that's what they've done. And I think it is possible, looking at the way this is going, they're continuing to sort of let him run out and babble incessantly. I think it's possible that they have given up and just haven't told Joe. 
I, I just, yeah. you know, who better a sacrificial lamb? You know, you, you let him have his presidential run. Be like, okay, thanks for your years of service, Joe. Right. You know, they gave him the medal of the Congressional Medal <laughs> or Presidential Medal of Freedom. Here's here's a watch. Yeah, I mean, essentially, exactly, right? I mean, that's I like your way of putting that. It's essentially, it's, it's sort of, you look at him and say, as the and, and you'll notice that Obama, has not endorsed him. And before you say, well, yeah, but that's because the Democratic Party, they're not going to, or party politics, a former president isn't going to get involved until after the nomination. And I'm sitting here going, but I thought these dudes were special bros. Yeah, no doubt. And Obama has always been a change, an agent of change, right? Mm -hmm. If they were such special bros, because they had their White House bronouns, you know, because they were best buds. Obama basically gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom for being the the Sundance to his butch for eight years. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it, it was it was they they kept telling us that the bond between these two transcends politics. It transcends even uh, uh, you know friendship. It's a brotherhood. I mean, we're talking Fred and Barney. Here. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, it's I'm sitting there going, well, he's clearly going to be the nominee, and why has Obama who who has occasionally come out to say whatever he's going to say. Well, I'm wondering why. And then you look at the way they've got Joe just be clowning himself. And I think it's possible they're like, well, look, 2020 is a lost cause. We can't even get the poll numbers to swing to our side when, like, Chinese murder flu is killing everybody. (laughs) Right. We are so despised universally. We have zero shot. We may not even hold on to the house this fall. So, you know what? Let's not waste a kid like Buttigieg, who's got a future. Right. Okay? And the party's only 37 years old, 38 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or someone like that. Right. Or God save us, AOC. I actually hope they nominate her the moment she's available. And, and <laughs> yeah, you think Mondale lost. Oh, I, ca- I kind of wish she was available this election. Oh, because they'd put her on the table. You uh, know they do it. Oh, yeah. If if oh that's true. If AOC was thirty five years old, she would be on the ticket with Biden already. Yep. And they would lose. They would make Mondale Ferraro look like uh, the New England Patriots. I mean, like he may they like, like he may they not act, he may not even win Delaware. <laughs> it's entirely well, no, 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 guys like that. But it's the days of forty nine to one beatdowns. I think are over. Yeah. Well, in this case, it'd be more than that. But no, those days I think are over. It's almost impossible to put that kind of. The states have turned so starkly in relief of the you know right. Like they're, I mean, I know Cal- they're like California, so left wing. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get enough people out there to turn California. Right, right. To be honest with you, even in New York. But that having been said, I'm looking at Joe Biden going. You want to talk about non-essential personnel? Take a look at this fool. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I keep coming to every time he does something, and I think, oh, for God's sake, man, you know, just stop. And then I think they're letting him do this as like a consolation prize. Hey, you never, you were I mean, always the bridesmaid, Joe. It's but we're going to let you pretend to be the bride for a little kinda while. kind of seems to be uh, scripted that way, doesn't it? Well, they did everything they could to rig their own primary so nobody except Joe could win. Right, Even when right. it looked like, and, and I'm not making excuses, I would point out that, and I've admitted it, as both uh, uh, Last Stop OG P-Hut <laughs> and my mother have gotten me on it, I said Biden would not be, I, mean, I said it more than once, Biden yep. would not be the nominee. Biden is the nominee, and I'm not using this as an excuse, but I think you can agree with me that I did not foresee how hard the Democrats would game their own system 
to get him in there. Right. Because let's be honest, kids, that was a lackluster campaign at best. Right. The other candidates made may, way more waves. Just couldn't get over the top mm-hmm. for whatever the reason. Uh, and they got bigger problems than even Biden's disastrous so far rollout and his helpfulness during the COVID-19 <laughs> explosion. Because, uh, I mean, you know, were there to be an issue, number two is Bernie, who is unelectable. Bernie is unelectable at a national level. But more than that, Bernie's people are crazy. Well, he's crazy. Well, in some cases, his people are homicidal. I mean, Bernie happens to be the only person running for president in 2020 on a major party ticket whose followers have actually, on his behalf, attempted to murder people. Right. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you had Hodgkinson. That was a Bernie bro, incited by Bernie to take a shot at to open fire at the congressional baseball game. That was because of Bernie's rhetoric. And then you had this guy just recently that, that got tabbed. Another homicidal Bernie bro had to get picked up. His people are so crazy, though, that they will not necessarily stay for Biden. I think you may get that Hillary effect, like the 2016, the Bernie bros were pissed off. They stayed home. Right. 2020, the Bernie bros are pissed off. They're going to stay home. I think the Democrats know it. I think I think Joe Biden is, you're right. I think this is the watch and the you know the golden parachute. Right. Thanks for your service. After the election, out the, out the plane you go. They have other problems, though. Well, yeah. Well, I just this whole week, it's like, okay, so you guys are getting away from Biden. <laughs> Obviously, you're, you know, okay, fine. We're going to cut him loose. We'll let him go play president for a little while, whatever, fine. Right. Uh, but there are other strategies. You know, just not, obviously, they're not spending a lot of time on Biden 2020. No. There are other strategies, especially in, relates to, in relation to COVID 19, have actually hurt them worse than Biden was hurting them. Uh, Trump now at 60%, mm-hmm. you know, in fact, if you look at national polling averages, you can go, uh, best place to go to be real, real clear politics, whether you like their editorializing or not, you can go to the polls. They show everybody's poll and they aggregate them and they average them. So you're not getting somebody interpreting the poll. You don't trust me. If you don't trust us here at the last part on the right, or don't trust anybody else at America's podcast network, K L R N radio. Dot net. Um, just go to Real Clear Politics, and you can see all the polls in all of their glory without having been interpreted or whatever. And you will see that the only institutions who are in the negative numbers, you know, the national institutions, and who are polling in negative numbers is the Democrat media complex. Right. Nobody trusts the bloody media. No. People are tr- people trust Trump to handle this global crisis nearly two to one over the media. Right. So it's not just Biden. I mean, we spent we spent the last two weeks listening to these people literally and Hillary Clinton. Hello. In some cases, verbatim, repeating scripted talking points from Beijing. Right. Even to the point that you've got Democrat media complex spokesholes out there now saying this is Trump's fault. Now, it doesn't take a genius to go a virus that started in China. That China tried and I'm going to point to my mom here again and say, as my mom increasingly looks correct about, China may have deliberately started. And, you know, hey, if, if the gong fits or whatever, I don't know. Stretch it too hard for a China <laughs> pun there. Uh, but that having been said, if whether they started or not, there is no question that they repeatedly lied about it. Even getting the United Nations to take their word for it and release, remember the January press release. Human to human 
uh, contagion is not a is not a threat with this virus," said the world he- the World Health Organization. That's the United Nations. Who who was their authority on that? The Chinese government. Right. And you got the media out there now saying, "Well, yeah, well, we're taking the Chinese word for it." I'm like, these are the guys behind all of this. Right. You're out here looking at us saying the Chinese government says, in essence. I'm like, you mean the bad guys in this villain hero story? And I'm like, I get that you don't like the president. A lot of people don't like the president. I don't love the president. Right. As I've said before on this program, he's kind of a horse's ass. He's very effective, though. Right. Whether or not you like him, the reality is that under- underestimating the American people to the point that you expect that they will believe you when you give them the Chinese line over the Trump line, that you would rather have him fail, people to die, this virus to necess- to become like a Matt Damon movie, if those are things that you're willing to put up with in order to, you know, or because, you know, orange man bad, copyright 2016 Democrat Party, it, the idea that you think that people won't notice that. The lack of respect that you have for your own citizens. I mean, forget about, you know, your Chinese paymasters or whatever. Forget about the people at the cocktail parties when you're drinking white wine spritzers at the museum gala on the Upper East Side or whatever. Uh, The other people in the CNN news room. If you talk to real Americans, people outside those bubbles, which is nearly everybody, because those bubbles are fairly small. Mm. You will find that they are not so stupid that they will fall for this and a little irritated that you thought they were. All right. I can, I mean, there's no doubt that they're irritated, which. Yeah, well, you look at the poll numbers and they're like, you know, I I would be curious to know, first of all, I would suggest to you if if Trump's at a 60, I'll bet you it's closer to 70 because they'll nuke those poll numbers. Now, I know I told you go to real, real clear politics, but trust me when I tell you it's uh, the polls have a purpose. For example, if I say to you, if you don't believe me, go to Real Clear t- Politics and you will notice different organizations with different political events showing similar numbers, which should sh- serve as confirmation. But the other thing is, if, certainly we've learned this with Trump. If the polls say X, it's probably X plus a couple. Right. You think they learned that the hard way in 2016. I know Hillary Clinton did. Right. So if it's X plus a couple, if he's at 60, call it 65. You go into the presidential election with a 65% approval rating. The guy you're running against literally would benefit himself by standing during the debate stage going, I am linked to, you know, the triads. You might as well actually say, you know, I am a, I don't know, a pedophile or something. Right. I mean, you're losing 65-35 going into the presidential election. There is, there's almost nothing you can do to make your numbers worse. You will lose. Right. Badly. This has got nothing to do with Biden, though. This is them turning to us at this moment, uh, which they are telling us is a defining moment, not just for America, but for human civilization. We are under uh, an existential threat. They turn to us and say, but you're all morons. Trust us to handle it. You're all idiots. Right. Then go, well, all right, guys, then what is it that you're going to do? Well, we're going to take the Chinese word for it on just about everything and yell at Trump some. So you're going to be doing the same thing you've been doing all along. Yeah, that's our plan. That's it. And you wonder why. <laughs> and they can't. And it's amazing to watch them not understand why. Right. Now, if you watched uh, at one point, I think it was last Sunday, maybe. Rachel Maddow 
who as and if you don't know who she is, she's on MSS. She is now, I guess, the face of MSNBC. I mean, now that that Tingle Boy walked off, right? Basically, it's like if they had decided to make a clone of Keith Olbermann before he completely went bananas, but they they got there late, and so it's bananas. Right. And it looks a little weird. Then that's Matt out. Right. Okay. She started the whole thing where, and she's like freaking out about it. She threw this tantrum on national television where she's shrieking like a teenage girl about the media covering Trump's coronavirus press conferences. They don't want that. <laughs> and she's demanding it. And I'm sitting here going, putting aside the fact that most people are going to hear you say that and go, Nah, I'm going to want to hear from the president on this. Even though if this had happened during, oh, God save us, if this had happened during Obama's tenure. Oh, wait, something worse happened during Obama's tenure. We just didn't want to talk about it. Remember? Mm-hmm. Swine flu. Mm-hmm. Order of magnitude. Right. More infections and more deaths in the United States. Nobody cared because, you know, the president. Orange man bad. Copyright Democratic Party 2016. But if they are actually saying to us now, we're not going to tell you anything useful. However, we demand that nobody else get to talk to you at all, including the president of the United States. Again, turning around in their bubble and saying, I don't understand why this doesn't resonate with the people. Right. So you had Biden, a bad presidential candidate, but he was holding his own. You know, I mean, just again, the polls. <laughs> right. Take everything with a grain of salt. Nonetheless, the polls were indicating that it was going to be a fairly close fight. Smart money said Trump would whip the old guy, but that it would go all the way. Right. Uh, And that's with Biden as your lead dog. Biden is essentially a sideshow at this point. Most of their party rhetoric is focused on exacerbating COVID. I mean, hell, man, when was the last time you had a conversation with anybody that didn't at least include a COVID joke? (laughs) Their response to that has actually damaged them further. Right. It's like, maybe they should stick with Biden, but this is... You know, coming out and saying, no, I nobody should be allowed to talk to you. Unless, you know, what, it passes the Maddow test? Is that really a, a define, the, the defining global medical crisis of the century? A hundred years after the last one of that got this much hype, at least. Right. You come out and you're going to say that the uh, anybody who is speaking to the American public about this, no matter what their position, must pass the Maddow test? The mad cow test. Yeah, I mean, come on now. Really? I mean, if you're going to pick somebody out the Democrat media complex and have them be the person who vets any and all information going to the American public, I feel like even if it's going to be someone like that, you can do better than than an old, a cheap Olbermann clone who scares the kids without a mask. Right. <laughs> I mean, hell, there's. I would scary. rather. I would rather. I would. Who else in MSNBC? You got Joy Reid with the time traveling hackers. I'd rather have. Sharpton. Oof. Be I mean, at least it'd be entertaining. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you because know, Maddow, it's like uh kicking and screaming. It's like a little kid. You're like, oh God. See, I can't I, I can't look at Sharpton anymore. I see, but he cracks me up. I I know I should take him away. He's actually a really, really bad guy and a re has been a really, really bad guy for a long time. And I'm not just saying that in the uh, I don't like his politics. This is a bad guy. Right. This, this is one of the actual villains of American politics. <laughs> But he cracks me up, man. I can't help it. It's like, <laughs> I just want to dress him up like a leprechaun and teach him a river dance. 
Would that be amazing, though? Racist. Kill all the Jews. Because it would be... I just... I look at him and I think, oh, God, you were so cute. I can't help it. Even... I liked him better when he was fat, though. Me too. See, I can't look at Fat Al was fun. He's the fat Al. Well, because they put him in all... Remember, you used to wear the velour tracksuits? Oh, yeah. And he had the hair. And you just kind of want... It was like it was like an urban... Pillsbury Doughboy. I just wanted to go up and poke him in the belly. Be like, hey, Al. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, here comes Reverend Poppin' Fresh. Stay puff, Marshmallow Man. Stay puff. All right, anyway, I'd rather have Sharpton. I'd rather listen to Sharpton do it. I really would. I'd rather I'd rather get a briefing from Al Sharpton than Rachel Maddow. I'd rather run would, things by Al Sharpton. That would definitely be entertaining. Because it would be entertaining. By, by all means. Now, you, because we got to do at least some, and I, I you know, we mentioned the whole fascist thing in the intro. There have been multiple municipalities that have taken it upon themselves during this so-called crisis. And I, again, I am not suggesting that this isn't serious. Anything that can kill anybody in numbers greater than one should be taken seriously. I'm just pointing out that from a medical standpoint, this isn't even as bad as as the regular flu is this season. Like the flu is having a a better year. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, looking at COVID-19, you know, the effect that it's having on people and you having a different perspective on it just because, you know, you do work in the general news media. I do. Now, one thing I have noticed is, and I wanted to get back to this, um, a couple of mayors in a couple of, it's, and it's expanding. Like, I think the L.A. County Sheriff was the first one to be like, all right, we're doing it. Closing the gun stores. Mm-hmm specifically closing the gun stores. Mm-hmm. I get the whole thing. And, and actually, there's a, there's a point to be made here. The real hardcore right-wing libertarian types, anytime you are forcing somebody to close a store that sells firearms, they're going to go crazy. Right, right. And it's not always accurate. The reality is, I'm going to say something that's somewhat unpopular here. Under normal circumstances, in a situation like this, when you have nationwide social distancing becoming illegal, Legally defined term. Mm-hmm. No, gun stores are not. I hate to say, I'm going to get yelled at by so many people for saying this. Well, I would, as a conservative, I'm not supposed to say this. Guys, the gun store is not an essential business during a nationwide pandemic slash lockdown no. thing. I mean, I know. Okay, really, the essential businesses at a time like this that you could go to. I mean, things like, obviously, you hope the U.S. mail, despite its spectacular debt, continues to function. Mm -hmm. But uh, the grocery store, the pharmacy. The gas station. The gas station. The liquor store. Yes. If you're unfortunate enough to live in a state where the liquor store and the grocery store aren't the same thing. And that's about it. And you know what? Yes, I am putting the liquor store on that list for real. And trust me when I tell you, it belongs on there. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. seriously. And you make a joke and be like, well, alcoholics can use this time for the DTs. I'm like, you know what? If I'm, were I an alcoholic <laughs> and I decided to use this opportunity to come off of my dependence, I wouldn't make it. And COVID-19 would have nothing to do with it. My wife would murder the crap out of me. Oh, yeah. And you know what? They should give her a medal if she did it. Oh, that's, and you know, and so like, okay, I, we, 
actually, let's keep the liquor stores open. Let the Alkies go th- dry out a different time. Right. That's seeing. I was, mm-hmm. was going to say, I look at it not as an individual thing, but as I don't want all the drunks in America all going through DTs at the same time. Because that would get exciting. I, I mean, if you're going to do that, another essential. UFC could take the, advantage the, of the, that, though. The uh, the crack the crack dealer down on the corner that's well, an essential I business. You would know? suggest to you that depending on your perspective, that's an essential business. I also have a feeling that the crack dealer down on the corner considers himself an essential business. <laughs> he doesn't care what homeboy is, is going to be out there no matter what is <laughs> going on. Uh, but you know, closing. I get it. I get why some people are upset about that. There are aspects of their response to this that are unnecessary. You know, um, I I still think that a lot of this has is a little bit unnecessary, but I am going to suggest to you. Well, I can still look. Here's the deal with, I feel like we have to keep going through this. If you get it, the reality is, unless you are already medically in trouble, very old, somehow immunosuppressed, you might not even feel that bad. But if you do, you're going to feel crappy for a couple of days, maybe a week, and then you will get over it just like all the other flu that you've ever gotten in your life. However, if we're going to do this whole lockdown thing, then let's do it. Oh, I know. I mean, don't be the guy going, and and I should point that out as well. Don't be the guy going, well, I'm flouting it. I'm going to take a, you know, I don't even know where you're going to go, but. No, uh, and what kills me is like, even like the, I'll, I'll use us as an example. Yeah. You are under a lockdown order here in Savannah. Yes. But I don't live in Savannah. I live outside. That's in the right. County you live outside and, and you're and, not. And I am not on their lockdown. Well, that's sort of pointless. I mean, I that's know, just, that's just demonstrating a general lack of value in a municipal <laughs> government. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what, though? You don't want your, I don't think you actually want your municipal government to be more effective than that. No. <laughs> to be honest, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad you guys are kind of clowns. Right. Not for any particular reason. I'm just saying, you know, a little more privacy. Long armored Johnny Law is not likely to get through my mail slot if it can't get itself untangled. Right. So fine by me. You guys go hash that out. Uh, I would also point out just in the general curve, you know, the, I guess the response to it, the financial, because the boy, they want to talk about the market, don't they? Oh, the market's lost every single nickel that it made since Trump was president as if somehow Trump released the coronavirus. By the way, you know, who would love that? The, the Chicoms. Right. Uh, uh, unforeseen though, uh, circumstances or unforeseen blowback from that is actually people are behaving themselves surprisingly well i would say i know there's a lot of people out there doing being stupid about it or whatever complaining about the wrong things uh the whole thing with the gun order i'm like okay yeah you're gonna have to go a couple weeks without getting to go to the gun store you could still mail order stuff well you know what and and the person that's complaining about that if you love gun stores that much you already have guns you could wait two weeks to get another gun that's exactly right that's what i was gonna say the person that's complaining about that already has a gun and you can go to online and all of the ammunition except you could add if you have an ar and you decided this was the moment you wanted to add i don't know uh, a new red dot uh for some reason you just absolutely had taken it upon yourself to put a late amount of laser on it or whatever you can still get all that stuff you can still get magazines you can still get ammunition so you can wait right i am not saying this should be like a waiting period okay that's a different kettle of fish that's the government directly impinging right but uh the thing about it is, as I say to that to people, and you know, and I was coming around to this sort of in a long way, but I want to make this point: the people who say this is the government doing a test run for taking away your guns, <laughs> no, but 
at the same time, the Democrats would actually try it if they thought they could get away with it. <laughs> yeah, they, right now, <laughs> it's right, the thing. Right, it's like, right now. no, that's not actually what's happening. Don't be paranoid. But yes, if the Democrats were, if <laughs> if Hillary Clinton was president right now, we would already we would have been mar- on, under martial law five days ago, right? Federally, right? And they would be go. They're going house to house in places now. Right. You know, we mentioned the fascism thing at the top of the show. The state of Rhode Island has National Guardsmen going through people's homes to find refugees from New York. Now, I will say this. Anybody who escapes New York escapes New York should be treated as a refugee. I feel like if I'm in if you get through New York and you make it to like the Vermont border, you should be able to like claim asylum. <laughs> Cuz oh, I'm stuck in New York. All right, but that having been said, uh, um, they are some people from New York, apparently a group of people. I don't know the whole story. A group of people from New York went to Rhode Island. Right. And they are hunting them like animals. And I'm like, that's a little creepy. You know, it's it, the whole yeah. idea of armed federal troops going house to house looking for people in their own country there's an unsettling image there. Right. I don't want to overplay that, but I feel like eh, you know, there's a little kind of jackbooty stormtroopery thing going on there. I'm not super happy about that. Right. And again, it's because I don't. I'm not downplaying it. I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm not one of these people out there saying this is a hoax. By the way, the president never said that. Media has repeatedly tagged him for saying that. He said nothing of the sort. Right. Put that out there. I'm not saying, but there are people saying it. And I'm saying it's not a hoax. However, <laughs> there are aspects of the response that I'm like, hey, closing gun stores in California, no, they're not essential, but what was your reason for closing them? Right. Uh, the yeah. sheriff of, of Los Angeles County, he wanted to close the gun stores. He's using COVID as an excuse. He's not doing it because of any non-essential business nonsense. Right. He just wanted an excuse to close the gun shop. I didn't know there were any gun stores in L.A. County. That, yeah, that's kind of Other surprising. than like... On a street corner or a, in the hood, in the trunk of a car in, in Crenshaw somewhere. <laughs> right. I'm quite sure if you go into South Central, you could buy a gun. But got a gun in Compton for you. Yeah, you can go down to Englewood, and I'm sure you can avail yourself of a firearm. Uh, I didn't know there were any gun stores. But just point out to you that stuff like that, when they're saying they're doing it because it's not really a non-essential business, that's technically true people that are out there who are still mad at me. Right. When I said gun stores are not essential businesses. I agree with their their point. Gun stores are not essential businesses. However, they're not closing them for that reason. Right. They're closing them because they wanted an excuse to close them. But, you know, the whole going house to house in Rhode Island, we're yeah. not talking about people carrying uh, whatever, I don't know, space aids. Right. Okay. Right. I don't know if that's something. You know what? And if they're in a house and they've given everybody in the damn house coronavirus, as long as they stay in there, right. fine. Y'all enjoy. Have your coronavirus party. I know that was weird. I saw that. I thought, "Mm, that's a little spooky. Right. But it gives, uh, at least it gives people uh, a chance to do something other. Well, it gives the Democrat media complex a chance to to celebrate something other than the economic numbers. I also, by the way, and I'm going to say this about the economic numbers. I want to, as we segue again here at last pot (laughs) on the right. Uh, I think the Chinese may have overplayed their hand here a little bit. Yeah. Well, I do agree with my mother, increasingly agree with my mother, that this was a bioengineered, I still think it may have been bioengineered weapon that got out. She thinks bioengineered weapon that was used. 
Right. She also thinks that the guys, Chinese people helping in Italy are actually just field researchers. Right. Whether or not it's true, uh, their economy is entire. an interesting look at things. What COVID has given us an opportunity to do is to examine the way the interrelations, the global interdependence, interdependence of the 21st century and what it looks like when that is interrupted. The Chinese are having a horrible time. They're having riots over there now. They're trying to suppress images. Right. There was a major riot, I believe, Saturday morning. Okay, people are starving. People are dying in the bloody streets. All of this bad stuff is happening. They don't have the... They, you, you'd think that they would have a bottomless well because they have 1.8 billion slave laborers. So it doesn't cost much to make things over there. They get to pocket all that cash. Right. And the state owns everything, so it's not like you're keeping the profits if you're a Chinese guy. Right. Yeah, you, you know, you can't, there is no uh, um, employee stock ownership. You don't have a 401k if you live in China. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. But their economy is so incredibly tied to us, they actually don't have the money to buy their way out of this. Right. Our economy has taken a major hit. You've noticed all the happy faces in the Democrats and the media. They love it. They're overjoyed oh, yeah. because they think they can blame it on Trump. It's not working. We've talked about that. But uh, looking at it from a global perspective, our economy will obviously recover. We've recovered from worse than this mm. with with minimal effort. I want you to, I'm going to make a prediction now. The general, I guess the conventional wisdom is that COVID-19 will be something that we are reminiscing about by at the latest, like early June. Mm. By the time November hits and the president and the election is drawing nigh, I would be willing. I wouldn't be shocked if we have made up all, most if not all, of the losses from this. All right. Yeah. You know, the the American economy is a perpetual motion machine. Oh yeah. People are always working. People are always inventing stuff. People are always making stuff. And you let the Chinese assemble it or whatever. But fine. It's still our stuff. They, without a functioning American economy, the Chinese are absolutely screwed. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, I will say this is the longest that anything that's ever been made in China has lasted. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know. So COVID-19 is a vastly superior product to those Matchbox cars you bought when you were a kid. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Or the T-shirt that I got the other day. Like, came apart. I wore it for one day. I washed it and was like, didn't I put a T-shirt in there? Well, that's the end of that little piece of accouchement. My clothing is ruined, but uh, um, ruined. But they are—they uh, put themselves in a tough spot here, right? Well, you know, because until our economy comes back, it's first of all they got all their kids at home now, and when the Chinese children are all home, that means that's when stuff's not getting made. <laughs> that's true. I mean, it's ha ha funny, but let's kids. I'm not going to lie to you. The, well, the overwhelming percentage of any functioning society's population is going to be children. Right. Most people that have kids produce more than one. So each succeeding generation tends to be barring a catastrophe or a war, something like that, larger than the one before it. Right. Uh, But China uses their kids as chattel. In China, a child is a laborer, potentially. So their kids are not at work right now. Stuff's not getting getting made. Stuff's not getting made. Orders aren't getting filled. Orders aren't getting filled. Cargo ships are are, are traveling empty right. or aren't traveling at all. As long as those guys aren't coming here, ain't no money going there. Right. So, you know, this is – and and again, this is a situation that they've put themselves in. I'm not necessarily 
sympathetic. It will be better. It would be better if this wasn't happening. I think we can all agree on that. Right, but right. the Chinese are going to have a hell of a harder time. And it's going to take them longer to recover from this than it will for us. Right. Now, if my if some of the conspiracy theorists that my mom has read are right, this was a, this was an opening gambit. This was just a test run, and there's something bigger coming. I'm not saying my mom says that, but there are people out there who think that this right. was a deliberate act by the Chinese government, and that it was a test run, and that they've got something else up their sleeves that's going to be worse. Again, I would point to you that dominating a planet that has been torn apart by, by disease and war isn't really all that exciting. Communists, that doesn't mean it's not true, though. Communists don't think that far ahead. Right. It's possible the Chinese actually are up to something like this. As you've learned from watching Bernie Sanders, for example, who is also a communist, or AOC, who is a communist, these people can't think 10 minutes ahead. Look at everything they do and the, the consequences that they had. AOC sweeps into victory, beating this, you know, granted, almost no, I mean, it was like 18% of the district even bothered to vote. She beats this loser, comes in talking all this commie nonsense, and her first thing, she runs 25,000 jobs the hell out of her district. Right. It took her 10, it literally took her like, I'm going to say 10 minutes. It took her a couple of weeks and already it was damaging her district. She didn't anticipate it. They never do. So it's possible the Chinese are up to something this twisted. Right. But until I see more, I'm going to be like, nah, I think they just screwed up. Which is another thing that communists do all the time. Everything they make has a shelf life. Everything they do ends up with dead people. (coughs) It is always that way. It is always that way. The problem there, I mean, yeah, you dominate a population like that. You can be incredibly powerful and incredibly effective up to the point that you become dependent on someone else. What's the one thing that China is never going to have that the United States has? National pride. Right. You are a slave of the state. You don't love it. Right. They go out and they do. I know they... They'll say, you'll get the lefties. will show you, like they've been doing all this week with all the Chinese press conferences and, and talking points. They'll come out and say, oh, the Chinese government says. I'm like, I don't care what the Chinese government says. They're probably lying. They're right. saying, Look at all these people out here demonstrating in favor of you know the communist revolution. I'm like, that's because they know if they don't, they die. Right. The last time they came out and said anything <laughs> to the contrary, the, the government ran them over with tanks while the world watched. Right. So... They can't move without us. I don't think they, and again, communists never think ahead. I think they overplayed their hand here. I'm sure, yeah, you guys might end up in the driver's seat, but of what? Right. This is, the United States is a freaking Ferrari from an economic standpoint. Mm-hmm. But if you guys pull the wheels off, think what, we're going to drive around? It's like, they, it's like they think it's NASCAR. You know, the United States economy is the car. Chinese government's the team owner. At least this is, I'm thinking this is how they see it. Right. They're trying to ask, to ask us to win the Daytona 500 with no wheels on the car. Right. Like, well, you, that's not going to work out. Well, you guys are going to go bankrupt. The driver can get hired by another team. Right. We will keep making stuff here. We always find a way. <laughs> right. It wasn't that long ago that everything in the United States was made just across the water in Taiwan and not in China. Right. I mean, you know. We'll find another place to have our stuff made cheaply. We're Americans. Bangladesh. We, yeah, man. Eleven-year-olds, whether they're Chinese, Bangladeshi, or, or hell, man, we'll we'll build factories in Africa and call it foreign aid. Right, right. I'm not saying this is necessarily a good thing, but one thing Americans are really good at is getting our crap made cheaply in bulk. Mm-hmm. We don't care where it comes from. Mm-mm. That having said, I just want to ma- I want to put out there a little background on this. The Chinese may have painted themselves into a hell of a corner, and a warning that when the China- guys like the Chinese get painted into a corner, things can get a little weird. 
Right. I don't even think they thought about it yet because communists never think ahead. Uh, speaking of people that did not think ahead, did you consider last week when we were taping, taping, how old are we? Oh. Oh, sad taping. We were recording this last week, the last pot on the right here. Um, did it occur to you at any point that Nancy Pelosi might actually go out at the beginning of the week? Because we had the, we knew the bill was coming, the relief bill was coming. Right. I thought a lot of things. It did not occur to me that she would literally go out and try and poison pill the bill. Oh, they all I, did. Well, it's, did you? I didn't think they would. Did you see that coming? Because I didn't think they'd be that stupid. No, I didn't either. But hey, they always do. Let's tack on something else to get it. Kennedy right. Center funding? Uh-huh. Look, I like the Kennedy Center. I've been to the Kennedy Center. It's a very nice facility. Right. The This stuff that they do tends to be enriching. Not always. But for example, uh, uh, I have seen I have seen both ballet and uh, rock music at the Kennedy Center. Right. Um, the, when they did the tribute to Zeppelin, mm-hmm. and they had Hart out there, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Right. And Bonham's kid at the drum, it was awesome. Nowhere else, there aren't that many places in the world that even that could get all those people on stage and in the room at the same time. Right. Kennedy Center could do it. Thirty million dollars for the Kennedy Center on a bill designed to relieve the suffering inflicted by a Chicom virus. That doesn't strike me as good politics, right there. And obviously, no. it wasn't. Nope. Very visibly, very visibly attempted to kill. They tried to put plan planned. Parenthood funding into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like if you're trying to pass a bill to save lives, it probably shouldn't contain an addendum of funding to have fewer people make it. <laughs> it's like this, we're doing it for the children. I'm like, well, you need $50 million to kill more of them. It exactly. seemed, seemed a little bit counterproductive right there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just. You- uh, you know, honestly, though, it's just it's not it's, it doesn't even surprise me anymore. None of it. I, I, I mean, it got to the point. I mean, I, I, I was like, I'm afraid to go outside, not just because I'm clearly non-essential personnel to the planet. Right. But, you know, you go outside for more than five minutes and Nancy Pelosi might try to hang an amendment on you. <laughs> That's true. I mean, the whole week I was like, what are you guys even doing? Right. But I know you had a perspective on this. I mean, you know, it's. Say, what the hell? I can't believe that you guys are doing this again. And there they are, doing it again. Mm-hmm. Backfire, mm-hmm. backfire, backfire. does, does not backfire. surprise me. Well. Hey, you know what? I do have to say, though. Okay. Since you're non-essential. Yeah. I, I do appreciate all the non-essential people staying home because traffic has been amazing. Lately. Oh, well, you know, you got that going for you. <laughs> well, I'm not a big driver anyway. I know you're not. I mean, it's just not my thing. I don't, I'm one of those rare dudes that would rather, I'd rather sit in the passenger seat. Right. The only reason I drive when I drive is because the, you know, my wife is like, take me somewhere or pick me up. Right. Or I have to go to the grocery store or something. But I, I, I don't, I'm not one of these guys that's like all like, oh yeah, you know, give me the... You know, the open road and a pair of driving gloves. Yeah, and, see, I um, love it. I can do I'm it. Fine with it. What, heck, the last time you put gas in your car is probably, what, two two twenty five a gallon, something like that? Yeah, I hear that the numbers down are now below two nationally at an average. Like seventy five out near my house. Well, that was... Thank uh-huh. you. That was already happening. Oh, yeah, it was happening. Because the Saudis screwed around with the oil prices. Right. Um, and, of course, the United States becoming oil self-sufficient in the last six, well, I'm going to say six to eight months, more like a year. One of the things that's happened when getting rid of Obama, Trump's like, well, hey, you know, we got some really stupid regulations here and it's costing Americans money. Let's get rid of them. Now, all of a sudden, we're we actually are a net exporter of oil. We got more than we can use. They're laying people off in North Dakota. 
I mean, they definitely will now. That the supply will well, definitely yeah. build I mean, up. But now you're looking at a possibility. I didn't even necessarily think this was possible. It is a very real possibility that somewhere, because the summer driving season ain't going to be much, kids, Mm-mm. because of COVID nineteen, we may be looking at ninety nine dollar or ninety nine cent a gallon gas in some states by the end of the summer. Bring it. Well, yeah, it's fine. You say, okay, well, it's great for us. Obviously, and the oil industry will survive it. Again, another example of the fact that this economy will always recover. Mm-hmm. This economy will always recover. We will start. Americans will start driving again just to get the hell out of the house. Right. Amer- we built an you know we built an entire interstate highway system. I know people are like oh yeah the autobahn's nicer. I'm like yeah if you want to haul ass places yeah the autobahn is it's like everything else in Germany it's over engineered. I got to tell you something. If you've been I've been all over the world. The only continent I have not been on is Antarctica. Right. And I will tell you that our interstate highway our road system in general is incredible. Right. Something only free enterprise can deliver to you, by the way. But uh, you guys go enjoy it. <laughs> I'll, dr- I'll ride. I'm just not a big driver. That's, I, mean, That's, I mean, I know it has irrespective of what we're of COVID-19 or anything having to do with politics here at the last pot on the right. But, you know, a little, little insight into our character. Mikey, if Mikey and I have to go somewhere a long way. I'll drive. He's driving. I'll drive. Even when we play Call Even of Duty. Even when we play Call of Duty. <laughs> we, if we're playing Call of Duty as a team, which we do fairly often, uh, if, when we go to steal a, if we go to steal a vehicle, Mikey, however, I fly the chopper. He flies the chopper and I'm I drive a good everything pilot. else. Uh, real quick, I also want to jump into some... Uh, um, some news and notes or some listener email stuff. The hog has been blowing me up this week, dude. I'm sure he has. Well, you know, he's he's exactly the guy. I'm not saying the other people, the other, I don't know, three or four people listening to the program aren't. But if I, when you think of exactly the guy the Democrats should be trying to convince, but instead are pissing off royally. Right. The hog is that guy. Right. You're talking about a, a, a dude who uh, has a, you know, this? we're talking about a steady, working, regular, pays his taxes, does, you know, the stuff that average Americans do. I'm not saying the hog is, is average. and Dude, I'm not, like, mocking you or anything. Right. I'm not belittling you as a person. But if you look at a guy like that, this is the guy they should be going after. And instead, this is the guy they're deliberately pissing off. Right. So, I mean, you know, he's had a lot to say about him. He's like, maybe they... Hog, stop sending me email. Send email to Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> he, I'm not. He, he's like, uh, he's listening to this going, well, and that was my last episode of The Last Part of the Right. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, dude. You could get good money if you could. And I'll tell you, man, I'll give you a big old bro hug if you could somehow talk her off the ledge. <laughs> she could use a little common sense. Uh, my mom wanted me to mention that there are stories out there of people doing remarkably nice things for each other. Absolutely. And I'm not going to get into a whole bunch of them. You can look them up. But because my mom told me, <laughs> do what your mother says point out that there are so many stories like that and actually you know what when you're having a moment a little bit later on whether you're it's now or after the podcast is over later today something like that and something's really got you down go just google like nice covid19 story you'd be surprised there's a lot of really cool stuff out there people doing kind of remarkable things mm-hmm. and again another example of why america always recovers from these things because there are so many people like that we just don't talk about them because we want to talk about all the bad stuff bad stuff that's absolutely right. you know if it bleeds it leads all right uh to all the rest of you uh, appreciate you participating being here today to the old man i'd say hey pop appreciate you sitting through another hour just keep mom happy thank you uh, i want to thank everybody over at 
America's Podcast Network, KLRN Radio. Dot net. Uh, you guys are the best, and we appreciate you allowing to be a part of your project. Uh, kids, if you're listening to The Last Pod on the Right on laststopontheright.com or any other podcasting platform, go check out all the kids at KLRN. We have some, actually some really cool shows involving some pretty heavyweight people. Got real blue checks in there, man. Not just garbage like me. <laughs> Go check that out. And, of course, I want to remind you to email us through the site, if you wish, at laststopontheright.com. Easy breezy to email us that way. Don't check. Uh, don't forget to check out our Facebook group, Last Stop on the Right Facebook group, through which you can find both me and Mikey and our personal Facebook accounts. We are not unresponsive, so you get that going for you. At Last Stop OTR is the Twitter handle, my friends. Mm-hmm. And as we wrap it up here, I want to thank all of you and say to you, I am Ben Crystal. And I am still not COVID-19 positive. You get that going. As far as I know. Which is nice. (laughs) Which is nice. So, yeah. Total consciousness. Got that going for me. Got that going for me. Big hitter, that (laughs) time. That time was a big hitter. Kids, until next time, we're going to tell you. Appreciate you joining us here at Last Pod on the Right. Until next time, y'all keep it short grass. We out. Google the Google.